Before I begin, I want to say a word of thanks to our uh, trustees and some of the men of Sun Creek and the staff and volunteers who came up and helped us when we had a little problem with a broken pipe this week. It just shows how wonderful this congregation is and how willing everyone is to join in and help and keep us going. And so I'm very thankful to be a pastor of church with people who love their church so much. People who live on purpose. And that's what the theme of our series is during this time of Lent. Living on purpose. We all want to live on purpose, don't we? We don't want to just see what happens. We want to have focus and direction, and that's what we're going to do together during these 40 days. We begin with the classic text for the first Sunday of Lent. Matthew chapter 4, verses 1 through 11. And today we're talking about following the Spirit on purpose. Let's stand together and hear these words together. Then Jesus was led up by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. He fasted 40 days and 40 nights, and afterwards he was famished. The tempter came and said to him, If you are the Son of God, command these stones to become loaves of bread. But he answered, It is written, One does not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. Then the devil took him to the holy city and placed him on the pinnacle of the temple, saying to him, If you are the Son of God, throw yourself down, for it is written, he will command his angels concerning you, and on their hands they will bear you up, so that you will not dash your foot against a stone. Jesus said to him, Again it is written, Do not put the Lord your God to the test. Again the devil took him to a very high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their splendor. And he said to him, all these I will give you, if you will fall down and worship me. And Jesus said to him, Away with you, Satan, for it is written, Worship the Lord your God and serve only him. Then the devil left him, and suddenly angels came and waited on him. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Amen. You may be seated. I was serving my first appointment in the Louisiana Annual Conference of the United Methodist Church. And it was an unusual way to begin my ministry there because instead of the normal one-year-at-a-time appointment that all of us United Methodist preachers have, I was appointed for two years to a place, up front for two years. I was going to serve one year during an interim senior pastor and then stay one year for the new senior pastor and then go to a church of my own. Well, I was in my second year and the time was coming for 
the bishop to start meeting with the district superintendents and making appointments. And so I got a little excited. I was wondering, where am I going to go? Where will I be moving? What kind of church will this be? We got out the map of Louisiana and started looking at all the possibilities. We marked where our friends were. Maybe we'll be by these folks, or maybe we'll be over here by these friends. I was so excited. And then one day the call came from the district superintendent. He said, be in my office at 10 o'clock in the morning. I'm going to tell you where you're going. And he hung up the phone. Well, I got up that morning. wasn't hard. I didn't sleep. I was so anxious. Put on my very best suit of clothes and got there way early to his office at Centenary College in Shreveport, Louisiana. I waited out in the waiting area and finally he opened the door and said, come in, Barry. I walked in, my heart was pounding with excitement. He pointed at a chair across from his desk. I sat down and then he started in. You young clergy make me sick. All you do is talk about the spirit this and the spirit that. I hope the bishop prays so the spirit will lead him where you're appointed. I hope the DS prays so that they'll follow the spirit in all the places they send me. Do you really think there's anywhere you can go that God isn't already there? You guys need to spend more time following the spirit than deciding where the spirit can go. And then he looked at me. And he said, you have anything to say? And I said, you called this meeting. I'm here to find out where I'm going. He said, oh, okay. And he sat down and we talked about my next church. He had strong feelings about the language he heard from people when it came to questioning our appointments. I didn't grow up in the United Methodist Church. I grew up in a congregational church system where there is no bishop to move preachers around which means that preachers move around on their own or churches help them move around by getting rid of them staff members are hired and fired and moved to other positions and other jobs on their own it's kind of a free market way of doing church and my father was an ordained deacon in the church and so he was always involved in these conversations with pastors, both as they were leaving and as they were coming. And since I decided to be a pastor when I was still a teenager, my father would often talk to me about this process. One day he came home from a meeting, a deacon's meeting, and the pastor had informed them that they were going to be resigning and taking another position. And my dad looks at me and he says, just once in my life, I'd like for one of you guys to just say, I got a better opportunity, and it's good for my family, it's a bigger church, and I want to go. But he says, you guys, I always got the you guys when he was unhappy with the preacher, right? You guys always say, the Spirit's leading me. He says, I'll believe that when I meet a preacher that the Spirit leads to a smaller church, and less salary. It's easy for us to throw around words like being led by the Spirit and following 
the Spirit. But what does it really mean to follow the Spirit on purpose in the day-to-day of our life? Every year when I read this text, it strikes me how matter-of-factly Matthew shares this story. Jesus has been where? Jesus has been doing what? Matthew leaves a whole big gap in this story. Matthew tells us that Jesus is born, that the shepherds and the wise men come see him, that Mary and Joseph take their baby and flee all the way to Egypt to get away from the murderous, jealous maniacal King Herod who is going to kill every baby two years old and younger to make sure he ends this new king business before it starts. Then he tells us that they, the Holy Family come back from Egypt and settle in Nazareth. And the next thing we see is Jesus going to see his cousin John to be baptized in the Jordan. And immediately following his baptism, we have this story. We think Jesus is about 30 years old. We think he's spending these 40 days in the wilderness to fast and pray to get real with God, to prepare himself for his public ministry of preaching and teaching and healing and turning the world upside down. He's preparing himself to pay the price for what it means to be the Messiah. So Matthew just starts this story simply. Jesus was led up by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. Now, this is one of those moments when we may, and rightly so, struggle with the idea that Jesus is God, yet Jesus needs to follow the Spirit, which is also God, so that Jesus can continue to be the beloved Son in whom God is well pleased. So I want to ask us for a moment to put all our Trinitarian doctrine in a drawer for a moment, So we can hear this story the way Matthew intends us to hear it. Matthew wants those followers of Jesus to see the man, Jesus. The human being, Jesus. The person who is in the wilderness of testing and trying and temptation and struggle. Matthew wants us to be sure we see this powerful example of how we too can follow the Spirit on purpose. I doubt that many of us, when thinking about following the Spirit, think of the Spirit leading us into a wilderness. I doubt that many of us, when thinking of following the Spirit, think of the Spirit leading us into a hard and difficult and painful place.
place. We usually think of the Spirit leading us to the mountaintop and the beautiful things and joyous things. But Matthew wants us to understand that the wilderness is an inevitable and continuing presence in the life of anyone who is intentional about knowing God. And the wonderful good news of this story is that we are never alone in the wilderness. If we follow the Spirit in, we follow the Spirit through, and we follow the Spirit out of the wilderness. When we live intentionally, when we live on purpose, with an openness toward God, we are never alone in the wilderness. The first temptation that the devil brings to a hungry, tired, and vulnerable Jesus is to meet his own need instead of trusting in God's provision. If the Spirit leads us, we can trust that God will provide. If Jesus had chosen poorly here, the story would end. Think about that. But Jesus remembered a scripture from his life. Man does not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. The second temptation the devil takes Jesus to the highest point of the temple and says, why don't you jump off? Because the scriptures say the angels will catch you and save your life. This is a temptation to choose another way other than God's way. It's to choose a path that's the opposite of God's plan for Jesus. Alan Culpepper, the New Testament scholar, points out that it's by giving his life in Jerusalem, not by preserving his life, that Jesus fulfills God's call to be the Messiah. Jesus remembered. He remembered a scripture. Do not put the Lord your God to the test. Then the third temptation comes. And the devil takes Jesus to a high place and shows him all the kingdoms of the world, all the glitz and glamour and power. And he says, all these are mine and I can give them to you. You'll just bow down and worship me. If Jesus had chosen differently here, the story would be over. To follow the Spirit on purpose is to be intentional about being true to who you are, even if it means you sacrifice fame and power and outward success. But Jesus remembered, worship the Lord your God and serve only Him. In every temptation in this story, Jesus was up to the challenge. And we can learn from that how to be up to our own 40-day challenge. To follow the Spirit on purpose 
we need to know the Scripture well enough that we can call it to mind in the midst of decisions and in the midst of temptations. To follow the Spirit on purpose, we need to know who we are and stay true to who we are, even if it's at the expense of the things of the world. To follow the Spirit on purpose is to keep focused on God's call for our life, not accepting the world's way over God's way, not choosing an easy way over the best way. This is how you follow the Spirit on purpose. Jesus showed us how to do that very thing. It begins with following the Spirit instead of trying to decide where the Spirit wants to take us. It begins by following the Spirit even into places that are challenging to us and unknown to us and even a little frightening to us. Following the Spirit on purpose continues by remembering that we follow the Spirit into the wilderness and we follow the Spirit out of the wilderness. We are never alone on this journey. God is with us. So this is the first Sunday of the season that invites us to follow Jesus in this very intentional, special way. To follow the Spirit. May we have trust, and may we have faith, and may we go where the Spirit leads. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.